Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we kick things off today with Big MG. No boxhead. He's uh, had a bit of an emergency with one of his little pups. But, mate, plenty to talk about after six rounds. Unbelievable week, hasn't it been, Lewis? Um, look, it's, uh, as you mentioned, six rounds. It feels like the competition's been going, you know, for half a year. The, the amount of drama we've had. And I suppose it'd be remiss of us not to start off with uh, another uh, referee or video refereeing blunder from Monday night. Yeah, well, uh, I saw Brock put up last night about the the no try, and uh, he, he was obviously of the opinion it was a try. I am very much of the opinion it was a try also. It wasn't rocket science. He uh, hit the deck and he, he milked it. Uh, he was no chance of getting there, but some people tended to disagree, and then the referee's excuse of the interpretation was completely wrong as well. Yeah, and you wonder why friends, uh, fans are frustrated. Um, it's... A, it's... We can honestly, we watch the games and, and we, we, look, we love the game because we watch it and we, we, we breathe, we live, we live, we live and breathe everything about rugby league. But some, we just get disillusioned every time we see something so blatant like that decision last night. And, and, and you've got on Glenn Stewart, he's come out and said that he did die. He said, oh, 100%. You know, most players would. Um, it's, it's, it's why players stay down when they get a, a glancing blow on the, Near the face these days, because I know they'll go upstairs into the video and check it out, and then the players on report. Yeah, you know it's 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 part of the gamesmanship. Um, the referees and video wrestling have got to be bigger than that. They've got to say that um, Glenn Stewart had no chance of, of tackling Morgan. Um, he ran, he was true him once he dove, and, and it was a try. So lucky. I'm glad it didn't cost the Cowboys a game like it has in the last couple of seasons um, at, at the business end of the, of the year, but. It's something that we've got to work out. Like I don't know what the situation is. Can we get maybe get three blokes in the box and and we have scissors, paper, rock, and we'll all best of three, or or, yeah. or have three up in the box, and if two agree, then we'll have the decision. Because at the moment we're we're, we're not scratching our head on, and every time we go upstairs, we're thinking, okay, this is going to be a toss of a coin when it shouldn't be. Yeah, well, we've had that problem this year with uh, the double movement rule. Um, you know, we've seen Tim Glasby and. Uh, Blake Austin, I thought, two clear tries a couple of weeks ago, no tries, and then Ethan Lowe in round two got one where I thought he lifted his elbow and he was laying flat on his stomach and they gave it a try. There's a, there's been a couple of interpretations along with the obstruction that's frustrating a lot of people, but probably the one other one uh, that came out of the weekend, and um, I, I don't quite agree with it, I agree with one part of it, but people were saying Tyson Frizzell should have been sent off. I, I don't think he should have been sent off, but I think it brings more light to the fact that we probably need an 18th man for foul play where you lose somebody for the rest of the game? Uh, I think that's a given. I think we've got to, we've probably got to go more than that. We've probably got to have... Um, with the concussion rules as stringent as it's going to be, and I think it's, it's, it's got to be, um, we, can't have, we can't have some teams 
you know, losing a player five minutes into a game with a head knock and he can't come back on and not being able to replace him. Yeah. Uh, we can't have teams like Canterbury the other day when Brown got uh, you know, knocked out and carried off. We can't have it. We, we shouldn't be able to not, not replace that bloke because that's that's hurting the dogs. It didn't hurt the dragons at all. Um, whether he should have been sent off or not at first, at first glance, you think, well, if you don't get sent off for that, what do you get sent off for? Mm. And it's it's you know I know. This is a kid who Tyson Brazil I'm talking about who's um, I, I've got as my origin bowler this year. I think he's he's a player who can just do everything. He's, he's no, he's fantastic. You know, he's uh, he's a very very good impact player on the edge. He's played in the front row. He's got feet. He's got speed and power. Um, He's got a clean record, which has ended up helping in the end because I think he got charged with a grade five, which is fairly high, but with a clean record, he's only going to face two weeks on the sideline. So. Yeah, so there's a, there's a, this is an instance, I suppose, when the, um, the carryover points and the double demerits all have a double play, but more times than not, they're, they're going to go against you. But yeah, look, probably it's 50 50, isn't it? Down the, you know, whether he should have set it off or not. I, I, you know, it's kind of hard that when a player gets um, carried with seen uh, the arguments between the Warriors doctor and the Eels doctor and uh, the Eels doctor's actually quit now because he's followed the protocols apparently and uh, in the end I think the, the Eels chucked him in with the NRL and he just went back to said oh you know I'm not gonna not gonna do this role anymore because of the pressure or the situation they've been put in and the possibility uh, of a lawsuit so uh, it's, it's kind of getting to that point. Doctors come into the game um, you know with good intentions and they want to help the players but at the moment I think a lot of coaches are saying, well, our own club, our own club doctor's not helping our, our team. Well, he, well he, he should be, but the coaches have got to get a big picture. This is a doctor who's, it's, it goes beyond just helping their team. This is about ethics. It's, you know, 20 cameras watching every game and watching every glancing blow. And then asked uh, on Monday, Greenberg rings the doctors to say, um, please explain, why didn't you put this bloke in the seat, like, when you get this like a test, when you, when you call him off. So that the, doc, the club doctor shouldn't be faced with that. He's just there to help blokes get better. I'm not, not real on whether a bloke should play or not. Yeah, and we've seen that. Uh, obviously, with that Pete's one, they got the $20,000 fine. We saw him out cold. Uh, last night would have been another example if Jason Clark managed to somehow get back on the field. Luckily, he didn't, but um, it was quite clear in those situations. There's no way they should go back on the field. We're seeing what's happening with all the lawsuits and all the trouble with the NFL. We don't want to end up in that basket case uh, down the road with players coming back and bringing lawsuits against the game and scaring off uh, you know more kids from playing and parents from playing. We need to be a lot smarter 
uh, about the way yeah, we handle our business. So, mates, uh, like we said, six rounds in, things started. Uh, you know, Penrith started strong, Roosters started strong. Now we've seen them go backwards. Uh, Brisbane crushed round one, win five in a row. The Dragons with Save Our Saints, and now they've won four in a row. Uh, I guess lighting all around that, is there any team in particular that has uh, impressed you or surprised you? Yeah, we just mentioned most of them. Uh, the Broncos, definitely. Um, the Dragons, definitely. Um, the Cowboys, not so much because I expected it from them. Um, even the Sharks in the last two weeks, but on the back of some youth, you know, Valentine Holmes and Jack Bird for the, the Sharks have been sensational, while um, Luke Lewis has uh, been part of the, that make-up the last couple of weeks as well. Um, you know, the Broncos as well, they're a, they're a team, I suppose, that's just starting to find it. Hang on. <laughs> just the young blokes just coming up. Um, yeah, so I, 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 the, the Roosters and Panthers, I suppose, can you put them in the same boat as the Knights, who are uh, we're looking a little bit wobbly at the moment, um, until Penrith beat uh, Manly on the weekend. But I suppose at the moment, Manly have got... If Manly were a country, they'd be Afghanistan. Yeah, they're, they're very much uh, hurting in the injury stakes. And it's, it's... Uh, just the warring factions, mate. There seems to be something coming out of Manly that... Um, the next player wants to have something to say about, or yeah. um, there's, the CEO doesn't agree with the general manager, or the general manager doesn't agree with the president, or the, uh, the board doesn't agree with the coach. I don't know. Um, all I can I say, um, if uh, you talk about Manly, they're talking about getting rid of Jeff Tuvey. My question is, who's going to want that job if you have no say in recruitment? It's just signing your death certificate. Well, it is. It's, it, it, it's kind of like the New South Wales or Queensland jersey uh, coaching. If you want to, if you want to coach at such a level, and, and I suppose this including first, first grade, you, you want total autonomy about who you have in your team. Otherwise. Um, What's the point of what's the point of putting your name at the top of the playing sheet if you're not going to have any say in who plays in your team? It's you know you got to live and die by the sword as both a, a coach at rep level and at club level. And if if you don't get any any option of what the play, who the players are you want, well, there's no point doing it. No, and uh, I think the purpose. we've seen uh, you know in general. I thought particularly when the board faction kind of ended and they said that. Uh, they'd, they'd been bought out and they had a CEO, a solid owner. I thought all of it was over, but you look at it now. Um, I think offloading what now was the right idea for the back end of deals, but I still have no idea how they ever let Cherry Evans and Foran hit the market. And now it's just completely blown up in their face. Their best few players in Stewart, Matai and the likes, they're all 30 and over. They've got no forwards. They've got the two best halves in the competition leaving, and now they're saying... Uh, you know, they wanted to buy Tom Burgess for 700 plus, and Jeff Tuvey had no say in the matter. There is no way anyone's going to want to take that coaching job, that's for sure. No. And at the moment, it looks like they're going to pay over to players who aren't worth anywhere near it. You know, I've, I've heard Hodkinson being mentioned, mentioned over there at 800 grand a season. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's kind of, you know, imploded right before their very eyes. And this is a team that we've, that, you know, that doesn't really. You never see them out of the top eight. You know, mainly are a team who are entrenched, win, lose, draw, on the field, off the field. They've always found a way to make it to the eight. But yeah. I think even, even at the moment, you know, but I, look, and I think we all have their own opinion on, uh, you know, players signing with different clubs a year out or two years out or six months out. And I, I still don't know why we, we can't play footy all year. As soon as the grand finals, Done and dusted, you know, the first week of October. We haven't got all of October, all of November, all of December, and all of January to sort out. That's four months. Yeah. 
that's pretty much the story of where players can go. I, 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 told, I think I've told you a story on this podcast once before that um, when we got told in Perth, it was uh, the start, the first week in November, I remember I was just about to sit down and look at the um, Melbourne Cup draw and I was in Perth and got a call through uh, saying that we've just folded, we've got a week to get out of Dodge, basically. Yep. Um, I made a couple of calls uh, back here to Penrith to Roy Simmons to see if there's any opportunity. He said yes, so that, that was lucky. Most of the other boys all on mass went to the Melbourne Storm. Um, and that was, that was within two weeks. Within two weeks, most of us had settled with other clubs either here or abroad. Yeah. I don't know why we don't, I don't know why we don't say to our in our game, we don't care what you do behind the scenes. We don't care what 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 kind of uh, machinations are going on. But the fact that everyone's so brazen about signing people mid year, it just irks me no end. You know, I I, I I just don't like seeing it. I think the only person at the moment who's signed for a club next year who hasn't gone backwards is Trent Mountain. Um, everyone else who seems to have signed with a club um, this far out is, is going backwards, and you know, and if Dragons start to go badly, well, but I guess we'll get the blame. Yeah. So I just don't see why that you know, in a four-month period that we can we can't say to each club, okay, now's the time. The, the, the market is now open. Go for break. And, and if you know, most managers have already done their work through the year, they've already got their players signed to and delivered with another club. Yeah. Make it announcement after the call. Don't make it through the season when there's an excuse. So now we've got an excuse now over there because they're two best players to sign with a, another club for next year and that's whatever we'll keep coming back to. Yeah. If Manly keep going as bad as they do, it's all because of Thorne and Cherry Evans signing with different different clubs simultaneously, you know, 12 months out from when they're going to go. Yeah. So let's take that away from them. No, no announcements to be made to after the grand final from this day on and, and then we'll see how different things are. Yeah, I think we also need the transfer window. I know we've got the deadline uh, for movement in the middle of the year, but I honestly think if there, if there's players that do want to move and clubs can put something on the table or put a deal in motion, it needs to happen because we generally hear chatter uh, regardless of uh, you know these signings also throughout the year about different blokes. He's going here, he's going there. This bloke doesn't like um, the coach and whatnot. I think a transfer window has got to come in. They've definitely got to look, um, like you said, at when people can sign their contracts, but uh, on one side of that, I do have to defend um, the players. I saw a lot of people tearing Roger to of after the check, uh, you know, just absolutely to shreds. And um, for, as somebody who's had, you know, knee reconstruction, shoulder reconstruction at the age of 20 and you're out of the game, you can't knock these blokes for taking the money. It, it is a business. And on the flip side, uh, of all the clubs that were going to complain about stealing players, the Roosters uh, talking now about taking Alex Johnston last year. They took Jackson Hastings. Uh, away yep. from the Dragons, one of their best young players. They're the last club that should be crying poor about losing somebody. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, you know, and, and I'm glad you mentioned Sheck then because he's another player who signed in. His last two games since signing have been sensational. So yeah. he's obviously got his job to do. But it just overall it seems to be that those who sign long-term... Maloney did when he was at the Warriors. I remember he had a shocking last year before he came to the Roosters. Um, it, it just seems to be 80% of players who sign long-term deals... Or, or a deal a long way out from their current one with another club, don't... Yeah, the motivation's gone. ...and it's, it's something has got to be changed. But how about we go through a bit of positive stuff in the NRL? I've got a, a bit of a list here. I've come prepared today for our little chat. Oh, good times. I've got a... Um, I've, after six rounds, I've got the uh, the player 
Uh, each club, I think, has been their best player to date. And I'll go start with last Friday night um, with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Dustin Simon has been their best player. He's just one of them players who I'd love to watch every single week. Gives 100%. Um, always tries his butt off and he never gives an inch or takes an inch. I love watching him play. Mate, I was down there on the weekend. I stayed at Vaughan's house and I uh, had a chat to Blake afterwards. I, I played school footy with him, uh, knowing quite well. He's very, very happy and I couldn't agree with you anymore. I said to Brock last week, too often now, we see these manufactured number sixes who have no natural skill or sense of the game. But uh, Blake Austin is a natural 5'8 in all senses of the word and he's a great player to watch. Melbourne Storm, we've got a couple of blokes who are, um, you wouldn't have thought at the start of the year we'd be talking about. I'm obviously got a big three in Smith. Um, Slater and Cronk, um, and they've also got a pack now to, to die for, but geez, I've been impressed with Blake Green and Cora Beattie. Um, Cora Beattie in particular has been a breath of fresh air. When they lost six of Wacker, um, they've kind of just basically implanted Cora Beattie, and um, it's like it's, it's been seamless. Blake Green, um, he's looking so, so impressive in, under Craig Bellamy, like most players do. Mm. That's one of my biggest regrets. I always wish I got coached by uh, Craig Bellamy as a bloke. And then Wayne Banner, I would love to see their different styles to what Phil Gould had, who I, who I regard as the best. But Corabini and Green for me for the, uh, the Storm Big Man. Yeah, well, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, we had a chat when we were at the gym before the season kicked off, and me and Brock both said to you that we know a little bit about Blake Green. He was uh, Brock's age group, and he's proved to be a very shrewd boy after some having you know some bad luck with the clubs he was here earlier with. and. Craig Bellamy, uh, Marika Corabetti was a, a diamond in the rough and he just seems to add the polish to those kind of players, doesn't he? Oh, unbelievable. If we go to uh, the Dragons, the Doggies, we'll pick the best player out of the Dragons, I think. Look, there's no coincidence, and this bloke's underrated. He's, he's never been heard of. Ewan Aiken, he's, he's played in all the four of the last winning, winning games for the Dragons. When you, if you're listening to this, next time you watch the Dragons, watch this bloke defend. Yes. He is a sensational defender. Uh, he's he's um, Matt Cooper Jr. Benji Marshall, the way he came from the Abel to the Brown last week, made me made my heart flutter. Uh, at, at last, at last I saw a, a, a halfback yeah. not staying in his corridor. Uh, but I think the player, the, the best player for mine um, has been Tyson Frizzell up until his uh, incident last week. Yeah, well, I think, again, Frizzell, uh, he's always had that ability. It's just been a matter of somebody putting him back on the edge because they've been light in the pack. So now he's back on the edge. I 100% agree. You and Aiken, I 100% agree again. I said in our season preview, I compare him to a young Matt Cooper defensively. He doesn't let anything go down his edge, and uh, he's got a real big, bright future ahead of him. Uh, the doggies up until last week was, uh, was a late down there that uh, Brett Morris was their best. Um, if, but at the moment, I'm, I, I watched Josh Jackson pretty close each week, um, and if Tyson Brazil was one of my bowlers for Origin, I, I think last year I thought Jackson might have got a... Got a you know, I mentioned there, but geez, he's a good player, this kid. He's, uh, they were a beaten team last week um, with their, you know, Josh Reynolds on the bench, which I don't understand one bit. Trent Hoskinson didn't, uh, didn't want to be there against the Dragons. And, and I thought, you know, when five players are out, your origin halfback's got to stand up. But for more than thus far, after six rounds, um, I'm going to give Josh Jackson my doggy's uh, uh, player of the year after a quarter of the year. Yeah, well, if you're going to give a tick of approval uh, every week to players from the Dogs, I think you can't go past Aidan Tolman or Josh Jackson when they're there. Aidan Tolman and Josh Jackson, uh, both country boys, both grinders, and you know exactly what you're going to get week in, week out. Quickly, Tolman, yeah, what a great player. Um, Mate, the Rabbitohs have uh, had a bit of a hiccup, and they're starting to look a little wobbly after a sensational start against the, the Cowboys the other night. I thought, well, here we go. These, these boys are really, really... 
I'm just getting stuck in, you know, because they are looking good. But um, still, I think their best player by far is English. He's, he's, he's the only man that's got total distraction with over him every time he's got the ball in his hand. But the most improved player from the Red Raiders has got to be Dave Till. Um, two tries in two weeks. Um, he's always giving me 100% effort. And also, also a notable mention to young uh, Gresnil yeah. on the bench. He's, uh, he's a player to watch. That's the one I was going to tip up, and I, I've said to Brock earlier in the year, I know they're talking about Napa and Maguire. I tell you what, if he gives more starting time to Grevesmill like he did last night, I think you may find uh, somebody that Queensland may look at. Maybe not this year, but I'm telling you in the future. Uh, he was injured a couple of years at the Cowboys. He's healthy now. He's a, he's a rep player, Chris Grevesmill. The opponents last night, um, obviously the, the, the man at the moment, Jonathan Thurston, he's on fire. Um, but he can't do what he can't do what he He's an absolute wrecking ball. Scary thought. And, uh, we played under 20s against him. Him and Grevesmule were together as a pair of 17-year-olds just beating up on us 20-year-old blokes. And uh, <laughs> The hooker in that team was James Seguiara. The halves pairing was Ray Thompson and Michael Morgan. They had Kyle Felt. Uh, and there's one or two other names that slip my mind right now. But we, we had a very good side. But uh, in particular, Talmile and Grevesmule were a couple of years younger. They were twice the size of us, and that was very scary. For me, I absolutely love him. He's Mr. Reliable. Uh, he come in a grade. He can play at centre. He can play 5-8. You know exactly what to get. But uh, I had this conversation with Brock the other night. I know Ben Hunt uh, is probably not the best yet at his kicking game or directing the side around the park. But I love players, like you said, that don't just sit in this structure or start on a trim and get to this point. When it mattered, Ben Hunt trusted his vision, jumped out of dummy half there, very Joey-like, and won the game for him. And uh, I, I love Ben Hunt just because he's an actual football player. He's not one of these robots that's been manufactured. It's refreshing to see a halfback whose first instinct is to run the ball. 100%. Um, most halfbacks in the competition, their first instinct is to either pass, kick, um, or do something else, or not run the ball. And when Ben Hunt plays, I agree with you 100% that he, he gets the ball and runs for that far. Without the out to the Roosters after six rounds, the fullback, uh, Robert, Robert, oh. Robert, 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 Robert,
They all talk about the left foot. He's got a right foot and he's got a mean goose step. And probably the biggest highlight, he had 27 runs and 26 the week before, and he's the first bloke to put his hand up in yardage and take a dirty carry. He's an absolutely outstanding footballer. Yeah, for those who don't know what dirty carry is, a dirty carry is 10 metres out from the line when you've got 13 breathing down your neck about 10 metres away from you who want a back shot, and he does that run. No, he loves unbelievably. it. Unbelievably. If you look at uh, the Sharkies and Knights who played last week, um, the Sharks have, look, it's, it's, it's a good story, the Sharks. As soon as they injected a bit of youth, even though Valentine Holmes has been there about in, in the Sharks team, he's, 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 I've watched him in 20 over the last couple of years, and he's, his position is fullback. Yeah. Um, I, I think that he's got a stage edge. Uh, Jack Bird at 5'8", looks, he's a bowler for country. I read this morning somewhere in the paper. Yeah. Um, but the glue that holds them all together is Wade Graham. Wade yeah. Graham is the one constant for mine who never, never do you see him play differently, whether they're... Um, Leading the competition, whether they're in the middle of the competition or at the bottom of the competition, he gives 100% each week, and he's a player that uh, I really love to watch. So Wade Graham gets my uh, Sharkies man, man of the a year that far. Well, you know the one thing about the Sharks, I've said this to Brock the other week, the amount of errors they were making, the amount of forced passes, the amount of push, uh, it's not their game style. They play that uh, you know forward-heavy game. They don't make many errors. They make you sweat. They bash your forwards out of the game, and then when you give them opportunities, they take them, and all they needed was just a slight tweak to play a little more direct and they needed a set of hands at the back. So Michael Gordon on the wing, to me, is perfect because his strength is ball running, not ball playing. And Holmes gives him that element. Bird gives him that straightness and it's made things a lot easier on Wade Graham because he was relied on for kicking, uh, you know, ball playing. They've just got a much better balance across the park right now. 100%. Um, the Knights, look, I've been loving the Sunners, Gay Guy and the Lua, BJ and the Lua, they've been on fire of late. Um, after the first four weeks, but the bloke who's really up the end, back to his origin form of a few years ago, is their front row of Bates, mate. Yeah, 100%. He's, uh, he's been very, very violent, back to the way that I remember the young bloke coming through flag in Premier League with that mean left-hand fend. Uh, the sparks come back, and Gagai was probably the other one. He was completely absent on Friday, unfortunately, but uh, he's been uh, setting things a lot. Parramatta played times on the weekend. Everyone thought the Parramatta would do the job and do it, do it comfortably, but it was, uh, they were in for a big shock at... But um, one black again who um, tried his butt off all day was Corey Norman at 5'8". Um, I'm starting to think to myself next year um, when Foreign comes along, where they're going to put Foreign and uh, and Norman because I think Norman is a number six. Yeah. Even though I think they will put Norman back to fullback and maybe young Will Hopewadi in the centres. Um, I've loved what uh, Norman's done this year. He tries his butt off each week. As does Tim Manor. Tim Manor. Um, he's not the fanciest somewhere in the, in the game. He doesn't get the accolades that most get, but um, without him, there's a big hole in the Eels, in, in the Eels outfit. Yeah, you need somebody like that uh, in the middle doing the dirty work. I don't know your opinion on this. I've got to touch on it. I said it to Brock. Um, everyone said, of course, we'd, we'd sign Kieran foreign hands down. But I, from a, from a board point of view, from a money point of view, I really, really think looking at Sandow and Norman, I, they're going to get Sandow a lot cheaper than what they paid the first time because he owes them, but... I kind of thought that Norman had done enough for me and that pair had done enough for me to look at him and say, I think we can use that $1 million uh, in other ways. Not that Kieran Foran's not worth it, but I just think they have somebody there that's sufficient enough for them to not need to go out and splash so much cash and uh, you know, and push so hard. I really think they're one team that didn't really need to go out for Kieran Foran. They, they need a pair of centres, if anything, can, uh, to work on their, their depth a little bit. That's an interesting fact, and uh, I'd like to get the, the uh, reaction to the... The people in Twitter's view after you've said that, because that's a good point. Um, if we look at the Titans, they've come from nowhere. They're back into it, the Titans. Yeah. Uh, for a start of the season that uh, had them 
Paul of the Coles in more ways than one, but geez, they're looking good at the moment. And uh, Caesar, who's going to Canberra, is looking great. Um, James Roberts, I'm glad I've got him in my super coach oh, team. He's a freak. He's fire. Uh, Ryan James, that's been the, uh, the pick for mine for the, uh, the Titans over the first six rounds. Yeah, he's been very consistent. Uh, I think he's got to work a little bit on his, his lateral movement in the middle of the yeah. field, but uh, he's living up to his potential. And James Roberts, uh, the first time I saw him, we got wiped in a 20 semi-final by 60 points by Southside. He was 17 years old. He ran across the whole in goal. We all missed him, and he ran 100 metres the other way. <laughs> so uh, there's another embarrassing moment involving a, a current first grader. <laughs> and finally, um, they've got a couple of games to go. Finally, uh, the Warriors and the, the, the Tigers, my, my player for the Warriors, uh, look, known as my sentimental favourite, but... Um, their, their captain, their, co- their captain is the heartbeat of that team. And Simon Mannering never never gives an inch. He just, I love the way he plays. Uh, he's a competitor with a, the nth degree, and um, he is my uh, Warriors player of the day, of the round, first six rounds. Mate, he since the day he came in to first grade and played in the centres, I played in the back row. There's one constant for New Zealand. There's one constant for the Warriors, and there's one bloke. I tell you what, uh, if I was an NRL club at any time, he's been off contract. I would have went straight after. If I wanted a leader, it would have been Simon Mannering. And the other two, Ryan Hoffman, oh, I can't believe how well he's playing over there, and Ben Madalino. Great. Aaron Woods for the Tigers is a standout. Um, nice. He has been absolutely slaying this year. Some of his stats are just uh, phenomenal. Um, Pat Richards has got to have a, an honorary mention for his never-say-die efforts that he produces week in, week out in the wing. But Aaron Woods has been a far away Tigers best. Yeah, oh, mate, and he's uh, looking quite holy with the old Jesus beard and, and the hair there. He's starting to get that, that, that glow. Uh, and the other one I'll probably give a rap to is James Tedesco. He's made a very successful return, another bad injury, but six tries, and uh, he doesn't look like he's lost any speed. He burned him up on the weekend. If you look at the class at home for the last game, uh, it was Parramatta, it was Panthers versus uh, Manly, and um, it's, it's pretty hard to sing out one player for the Panthers who, who have been their best. I, I suppose the little guy at number nine, uh, Chico Sikiara, James Seguiaro stands out um, with an honourable mention, I think, to, to Josh Mansell on the wing, who's yeah. been in unbelievable form, and Elijah Taylor at lock. Yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head there for me. Elijah Taylor, uh, I'm not knocking Peter Wallace at all, but I really thought if I was going to pick a captain this year, Elijah Taylor would have been the heartbeat of my team. He's, he's the kind of bloke that just leads from the front. He set that record the other week with 77 tackles. Um, you know, he, he's just the ultimate professional, and uh, he's a bloke I'd just love to play football with, that's for sure. And I might have some late-breaking uh, news for your uh, your podcast. I've uh, just heard that uh, Robert Jennings might be making his debut for the Panthers in first grade this weekend. Oh, slip it in. So we, I know Wanga Blake will be holding his spot. So uh, Robert coming instead of George, eh? Mm. That's quite surprising. I thought George did very, very well, but there's uh, obviously ginormous uh, raps on Robert. Robert's supposedly got the, the size and the strength of George, but the speed... Of Michael, he supposedly got uh, the whole package. So very interesting to see if that does come to fruition. If it doesn't wrong, you didn't hear. If it's wrong, you didn't hear it from me. Um, and now for the last team, and probably uh, the team uh, who are coming last in the competition is the uh, the Eagles. And uh, yeah. there's been a couple of good performers for them, even though they are languishing at the bottom. Um, and Dianish Louis is probably that player who just each week uh, gives gives a hundred percent effort. Yeah, Dunamis Louie, I remember playing him. He was up at the Broncos there, powerful runner of the football, great defender, and I suppose Mr. Reliable every single week's Matt Ballon for such a long time now. He doesn't really get the praise he deserves, but uh, you know he's going to turn up and do his job every week, that's for sure. 
Well, that's comprehensive, brother. Um, we've got to go to a, a little meeting now and see if all my fortunes and favours are, are happening. And uh, I hope you, your brother's better I'm back on the podcast next week so uh, everyone can listen to these dulcet tones. But um, have a great week and uh, see you at the game. Mate, I shall do. I've got one more quickly for you. Origin halves. Uh, we're hearing plenty of talk. We'll talk in a couple of weeks more in depth. But simple question, would you go with a halves pairing? or I, I don't think we can. I think we need to pick the two best I, I, I am, look, I'm all about incumbents as far as, far as main positions go. I, I'd like to see, it's hard because Josh Reynolds hasn't been starting for the Dogs since he's come back from suspension. I'd like to see them have another couple of weeks yeah. before I made the decision. I'd like to see Hodkinson and Reynolds um, start a game, for the, which I believe they should this weekend. Yep. Um, maybe in two weeks' time my, my decision might change. Uh, yeah. Mitchell Pearce is making every post a winner. Um, then do you put another? You put James Maloney, who's been struggling at five eight. I wouldn't. No, nah, um, it's, it's it's a hard decision. But, but that's the thing at the moment. You know, you wouldn't pick the the, the doggies pair either. But give no. them a couple of weeks, and if they, they get the cohesion going well and win a couple of games, we're the first two you pick in the team. So yeah, there's a lot to happen in fourteen or, or twenty one days, and. Um, to be first on it. Yeah, well, we have to wait and see. Incumbency or a new pairing, that's the big question. But a big thank you to MG that you can catch him next week on 104.9 Triple M's Grill Team once they are back from their holiday break. Big man, uh, thanks for coming on, and we'll chat to you soon. Pleasure, brother. Have a great week, Louie. See you, mate. And he's back with me now. It's uh, Boxhead. How's the dog, mate? Yeah, dog's alive. Yeah, not uh, ideal. Little run for the pup. No. Had a couple of issues early on. No, it's like Shane Watson. How many injuries he's had? <laughs> yeah, well, we explained that before. Uh, Boxhead obviously missed out the MG situation. His poor old puppy's had a, a few health issues earlier in life. Yeah. Battling on, old Marley. But uh, she's an active one, so I don't think she's going to be too bad long term, that's yeah, for sure. She's going to be locked in a cage for the next 10 days. She's hyperactive, there's no doubt about that. And yourself, mate, the flu. Yeah, I've got the flu. Pass it on to me, I don't want to go to work yeah. tomorrow. Let's go, make I'm sure... On, I'm on holiday, so that's why I've got it. Yeah, if you're going to cough or sneeze, though, make sure you do it the next half hour, because yeah. I'm about to finish holiday, so I'd like some more time Tops. offs. They've barred me from Penrith training tonight, so... <sighs> a bit of a night off. Oh, well. Go home and watch 360 and... A couple of lemon sips. Yeah, good times. Mixed with Peroni. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I bet so why don't you just put some lemon straight in the Coronas? That sounds yeah, like a better mixture, mate. But uh, Fast Five starting us off. Uh, highlight, low light, best, worst. Any questions coming out of the round? Uh, what was your highlight? The Titans flogging the Eels. Love it. We've got right. a lot of uh, a lot of friends that are Eels fans. We sure do. Yeah. My partner, obviously, of my fiance. Everybody. She's an Eels fan. Every second person we've seen to she, meet uh, is an Eels fan. She actually sat through it and put up with my jobs, which was which was nice. You know, there's a weird vibe here, though. Every time you say she sit, sit down for a game, it seems to be when they get towed up. Yeah, good. She's never sit down, make sit down every game. Yeah, well, we might get more results. Mm-hmm. I think, like we said, though, the Titans have been really unlucky. They've been in every single game. It's just been a, a matter they're, of... They're similar to the Sharks. They remind me of the Sharks a little bit. I, th- I, think, I think they've got more flair, though. I think they've got yeah, more they flair, but it was just a matter of it all coming together. And, and Dave Taylor had a good game, Bird had a good game, Caesar, James Roberts is just well, th- A lot of Parramatta fans I spoke to last week saw the writing on the wall because they were saying to me, I think the Titans will win. And I, mm. I sort of thought, well, I don't know whether they'll win, but I, the one thing you know about the Titans this year, and which I'm really happy about, is you know they're going to have a go. Well, I had a friend send me... Sit down me, and watch them every week, and I know they're going to have a go. My friend sent me an eight-leg multi, he picked all eight games. The only one he got wrong was South's. 
Um, but he had the Titans, and when the first message I sent back was really, like I didn't think they weren't going to win, but he went straight up win. I said, "Wow, that's pretty big." He goes, "Mate, I'm going back to Pertec, especially after the result." Well, um, that's the reason I said the week before. Pertec was uh, straight in my head. Uh, my highlight was the Titans win, also just the way it happened in particular. Well, also they put a score on; they went on with it. Yeah, that was that, a good thing. About they it. were ruthless, uh, and especially seeing Dave. Dave, Dave ran a line. Yeah. I was like, wow, it's definitely a contract year, isn't I'm it? still not sold. Hit that hole. It's a contract year. That's yeah. why. It's time to get paid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor Big Dave. Dave. Uh, well, mine, uh, a little biased, but I don't care. I went to Canberra, uh, stayed with Vaughn here, but I was also keeping a keen eye on Cameron Munster in his second game, and I think he's got a really good future. They were uh, they were really good, the Storm. Um, the Raiders turned up to play on Sunday, and they just kept chipping away and eventually got the result. But, yeah, he was good filling in. Big uh, shoes to fill, but I think the biggest thing well. is just that it wasn't just a fill in, he was better than that. I think I gave him two points after the game. I thought he was uh, Bar Bromwich, probably a, one of yeah, our I best players. I thought Bromwich was the best, oh. best on ground. Well, you want uh, an insight for players. When I went to the recovery, I hung outside uh, waiting for him to finish recovery before I went to dinner. Vaughn, he said he is next level. Yeah. He didn't remember him going off. I couldn't remember because I was standing in the rain trying to stay warm. It was freezing. He played 60 minutes, I but, think. He? Uh, he thought he was on there for 65, 70. He said he was smiling half the time and he just didn't look tired. He said he was next world. Yeah. So uh, I think... Him. He's worked hard. He, he's only stripes there because he, he was, was almost on the outer. Yeah, well, he was. They were he wasn't cut playing him. real well. No, they were going to cut him after a year or two because they thought he wasn't tough enough, but uh, he certainly turned that around. Yeah, but it's, it's again, it's a sign that halves and front rowers are two that you've got to, you've got to stick with them. It was the same thing for Vaughan. He didn't get straight into grade and look at him now. I have to stick with him. Man. I thought, uh, again, a little bit biased, but I thought he was really good on the weekend coming off the bench. He played through his skin, Jared Kennedy. Yeah, I, I don't um, know why he's coming off the bench, to be honest. Yeah, well, this week, uh, I don't think that'll be happening. But what about your low light? Uh, Frizzell not getting sent off. I thought, yeah. it was, I thought it was a clear send-off. They shot, there was a picture in the paper today of eight or nine bad ones more recently, and most of them didn't even get charged. And looking at some of the players... Well, when was the last send-off? Oh, they said I think it was, 20, it Snowden? 20, was it Snowden's hit on Ray Thompson. That was only 10, I think. They said 22,000 minutes ago or something in the paper, something no. ridiculous. They said the send-off's dead, but, uh, like, not a 10 in the bin. So. Well, the issue I have with it is that they lose... Like, the dogs lost a player and Frizzell just stays on the field. Yeah, and we spoke about this uh, when MG was on here before. I said, if any time again that gives another indicator we need an 18th or a 19th, like, two spares... You know what will happen? As soon as we bring in the 18th, people will be whinging that we don't have 19 because mm-hmm. there'll be a game where well, the 18th comes on and then someone else gets That's done. why we were talking about concussion for the same right. reason. Not so much that uh, they're not sitting there on the bench incapable like a broken leg or a shoulder or a broken jaw, but uh, concussion can rub somebody out, so you might need one or two. My argument the other week was, you know, how do you know they're going to be healthy? Yeah, we, we've seen, Pata, whole, whole we've seen Peter Matuta play after playing Cup yeah. the day before and he my, played great on the weekend. My bloody whole argument. Every team warms up an 18th man. Yeah. They just have a shower after the warm-up. Mm. I don't think people know that. Well, like I said, Peter Matiutia played centres on the just weekend. Just sit him on the bench. For the cutters, had a massive game. And then have, if you're going to have 19, have, your, have your, one of your 20s or one of your cup boys sit on well, the bench. Well, that's why I think they should get one of each. Take one of the 20s. There's that, there's that issue where they're, they're cooling down. They're yeah, we're getting injured. Well, Peter Matiutia said he had KFC Chinese food and he played the day before. And yeah, he played it's 40, so. A lot of it's mental. Well, he said he was mental. sore, but he had a good game. He had a very good he game. He played real well. So, uh, yeah, my low light is the injuries continuing. Yes. Hodgson got hurt. Fafita, David Fafita has been playing really good. Did Hodgson break his leg? They're saying he is. I'm not sure. I had I, breakfast with a few of them yesterday, but they hadn't had scans yet. And Fensum at dinner was very confident that uh, he was going to be all right, but his ankle is huge and he's a very tough human, but I, I don't think so. I, I think he's going to be As soon as I saw I, said, I was sitting with Nick and I said, look, he's broken his leg for sure. 
Yeah, well, they had a mix-up. Um, you could hear they've called... The, t- the line that, that the, whoever the Ford was, the line he Frank ran was Paul. the tightest line I've ever seen. Yeah, he was run, trying to crash one more in for yards, but they'd called they, the they kick. They must have thought that they were going to a half to kick. No, they called the kick, like the dummy half kick one early, and he thought he heard, uh, the, like, rocket in one more play. So he's run through, and Hodgson's yeah. kicked him straight in the arse and busted his foot, most hey. likely. So, Frank Paul, listen, brother. Yeah, there was a, there's a couple injuries from the weekend, and the pile just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's, yeah, a, it's a very it's... big toll this early on. Uh, Jamal Idris, Taylor's supposedly going to get cleared. We know Wallace is now having surgery. Mate. Tom Travojevic, Jesse Sonny Falaj, just piling up, isn't it? It's ridiculous. I'm super happy for Penrith that Elijah Taylor's isn't as serious as what they thought. Yeah, I bloody hope not because he's, he's because super he important. Is, uh, he is a linchpin to that team. Well, your best player or best team or both? Um, well, best. I, I just had the Broncos Roosters game. I thought it was abs- I thought it was a game awesome. of the year so far. Great game of football. Um, I really enjoyed it, yeah. I, I, and I couldn't couldn't fault the Roosters either. That they uh, they probably control that game for probably seventy minutes, I suppose. It's just Mayor as Maloney. I know the tackling's an issue, but I thought he's one of the toughest little SOBs because he runs those lines and I mean all those little bit of toughness seem to have gone. Is he just beaten up? Maybe he's getting closer to thirty. Do you think he's feeling it a little bit? No, because he's I'm, probably getting targeted a little bit. Right? I know they're all aiming at the defence, but I haven't seen him run those holes or those lines like he used to either. Like it's it, being a small man that takes its toll. Yeah, I think he's been doing that sort of playing a different style as well. They've they've been a little bit more conservative in yardage, which uh, is sort of taking that opportunity away from Maloney a little bit. I think. Yeah, well, I couldn't really pick one out, but I had a few performances. Obviously, James Roberts was brilliant. Uh, ben Hunt to me, oh, I love halves that just he was great. Play Especially natural. considering he kicked out on the full, it looked like he'd lost in the game. But more importantly, he Joey Johns did. He done, went from dummy half. He ran. That's the first Golden Point try in thirty three games of Golden Point. Yeah, since two thousand and ten or something. He just backed himself, and I'd take that any day of the week over one of these manufacturers. And you look halves. at the Roosters, like they they cocked up at least two field goal opportunities. Yeah. What about that one for Maloney? That was heartbreaking. I thought well, that was there. in normal time. That wasn't even in... Uh, what about Maranta? He passed that ball right at the end there. Imagine oh. if that got picked up. Oh. You would have lost the plot. You could have turned the Benny Hill music on oh. for the last 30 seconds wow. of that game. Coach killer. Mate, that was awesome. Up here, they're all telling me, shut up downstairs. I was going, oh! Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Making sounds. Did you get out there and headbutt some people? Yeah, mate. I was too busy yelling at the TV. I was yeah. freaking out. But, uh, yeah, I thought Roberts, Hunt... Munster was good, Bromwich, even Benji. Benji rolled back the clock. There was a few this weekend. Yeah. I couldn't really put my finger on one, but uh, some great performances. But what about your worst? Uh, the I... worst, the late Friday game. It stinks. It's got two. It's always a rubbish game. The Sharks being get here. Uh, it was it's just terrible. I fell asleep after 25 minutes, and I was trying so hard to watch it. You didn't reply to my message. I was disappointed. Uh, I said, if we were going to coach NRL teams that reflected our personality... Said you'd coach the Storm or the Roosters. You're classy and elegant and full of skill. Said if it was me, I'd be coaching the Sharks. Just bashing people, just filthy, absolute ghetto football. It was brilliant. I was loving life. I just I can't cop the ads. Yeah. I don't know. I I get to the point where I want to. I start watching the games at eight thirty because so I can fast forward through all the ads in the second game. But then what happens is everyone texts me about the first game. So no. I feel as though I've got to be on... I've got to be live with the first game. I've just started now just suck it up because of game. having a long week or starting early all week. I'm just recording it now and I go straight to bed and, and then I get up the in the morning because I have breakfast and I sit down for an hour or two in the morning and I'm switched on and I yep. watch it in uh, complete fullness. But uh, what about your... Oh, well, sorry. You had your worst. Mine was the dog's halves. Yeah. Reynolds and well, Hodkinson. Andrew Johns gave him a pasting, so that's enough for me. Yeah, and I had this for... Uh, I asked MG before. Time. Incumbency... Or a new pair. I've said it every year. You don't you, you don't own a jersey. And we've we've blown up at this a million times about picking on form. And this whole bull crap of Laurie Daly saying I need a halves pair, that's rubbish. 
Mitchell Pearce right now is the best seven we've got. And people knifed him last week about the Shark game. If you have any idea about the rugby league... I'll tell you, he should be at 5-8. Blake Gray. He should be at 5-8. <laughs> He's been I'm good. Formed. I'm telling you. Yeah, I well, said it. Again, four round one. I'm not going to touch that one. because oh, you can't this all. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I'll tell you, he's been the form 5-8 of the comp. He's been a good player. Apart from he's, person, obviously. He's a good player. I don't know whether Laurie would like him. No, he obviously... Well, he, he'd unlock a few secrets to those Storm boys. Tell you, he's he's been the best five in the game in the game apart from Thurston, and he's big too. Hey, he, I saw him on the weekend. Him in there. I saw him on the weekend uh, down on the side. Who would you rather, Green or Reynolds? Josh Reynolds. <laughs> exactly. What are you, ask, what are you asking me it's for? It's not even a question. I've been ripping Josh. I'm t- I've been saying they should cut him for him by for Christ's sake. And that's me. I, I don't rate Josh Reynolds at all. He's manufactured and he's a grub. So I don't know what else <laughs> I don't really see what from me. Yeah. All right. I'm serious. He's he'd be my pick. Mate, like I said, the comment just to touch on that one before. People the other week going, Mitchell Pitt, you're the worst player in the world. None of their forwards made over a hundred meters. What do you want him to do? He's They're, going all right. They were going nowhere. If you want to sit down and analyse all our options, him yeah, and that was like these people coming out and bashing Matty Moylan for the last three weeks. All right. Mate, Penrith have been dominated in the middle. That's why he's not. I only touched another space. I've touched him up too, but not the way they have. I've touched no, him up on. Get it. You, you understand what I was getting at? Yeah, yeah. Halves or halves. I and think fullbacks a, that, that yeah. rely on the go forward. Hundred percent. If they go forward, they're not going to obviously be the same player. My only thing is, I want to see him have some tough carries, but he doesn't really play that way. Whereas a Dugan, like we said, plays the complete opposite. He's not the ball player. Doesn't have that class. But Matt, but you know um, what he's bringing. Moylan's still learning his craft as well. Hundred oh, percent. But that was my only knock on him. I didn't say he wasn't good enough. Yeah. But I just prefer Dugan in that kind of game because. You know what Dugan's going to do. Well, you'd said that the whole Penrith side had been guilty of going side to side a little bit, well, which, is, which they, was fair. They weren't engaging the they line. They weren't. And they did, they was, did on the weekend. He was bad, and I wasn't knocking him. I said that. The forwards are the reason that Harv's saying to with Pierce the other week. What's Pierce supposed to do? What's Maloney supposed to do? Like, Sheck's just a freak. I am. Um, Sheck's a freak that he made those 300-something metres, but... Your halves, they have no control of a game when your forward pack have gun front rowers, gun rep back rowers, and a rep bench making 50 metres each and getting bashed. Yeah. They have nothing to work with. No platform, no quick players. Penrith got a massive injury toll. I, you, know the, you know the one for me, underrated at Penrith at the moment, is Brent Kite. He came back. Okay. He, he came back again. Well, I said to you, I he agree with you last week when you said he was out. He's the only one who's doing exactly he's what I said. Been aggressive. He knows his job. He's still lifting that knee and he digs in the line. It's tops. <laughs> I'm not knocking it. I'd have one too. Good. He didn't. He wouldn't talk to <laughs> Willie in the scrum. That was great. Good. Big so, Will. Uh-huh. Not talking Woo. to him. And I think the ref said, "Why are you talking to him?" He said, "Oh, mate, I can't compete with a bloke." Mouth on really. <laughs> oh, at least you know who you are, Brent He did exactly what I said, though. He just digs in the line, gets a quick play of the ball. He's, you need way, he's flogging blokes, too. First two tackles when a team's coming out of yard. And what did you say on the weekend with a quick play of the ball? Seguiara gets out of dummy half. The week that, before, out of habit. Like I said, he stuck his nose out of habit and nothing was doing, and he was almost in shock. Yeah. But when no one engages the line and plays the ball quick, He's nullified. Yeah. There's only so much he can do, just like the halves in a fullback without a roll on. Mm. But uh, any questions you've got? Yeah. Did uh, well, Obviously, Brett Stewart's come out and said he died. Do you have a problem with it? Glenn Stewart. Uh, Glenn, nah, sorry. it's part of the game and shit. But I've got, yeah, a, problem. I've got a problem with it. Mate, they all I've do got it. a problem with the fact that the rest Kane, of them Kane, Lynette, Kane Lynette did it last night with the crusher, and Dad goes, did he get him? I said, no, nah, he's trying to milk it. And I said, the, the worst part is you look like a dickhead when you're on the big screen after and they make you play the ball. Yeah. And on top of that, Kane Lynette, lose the hair. <laughs> Let it go. It's just all over the place. It's time to let go. You're going bold, son. All right. Maybe the week after they should have a pink number or something. That they have to like their numbers pink. For they the are, week. mate. It's it's bad. Same as the taps on the head, and you say, and Matty Bowen used to love doing it too, and they stay down. I don't know how they're I not. Like embar- I don't know I, they're not embarrassed though. It's I'd be the integrity of the game. Yeah, but I'd be embarrassed as a player if I had to stand up on national TV after that and be like, my bad. 
He said it. He openly admitted it today at a press conference. Oh, 100%. And like I said, more than one person said it's part of the gamesmanship now. We're not soccer. If you haven't been clocked on the jaw and it doesn't... The NRL needs to rub it out ASAP. Yeah, they should start blowing it. Just like the simulation. You should get done for simulation like you do in and soccer. Anyone that, there were so many people arguing... Oh, there wasn't I read so it. Many I laughed. People I sat here. I go, here you go. Brock's done it again. Oh. He's lit the fuse. Everyone's going, what? Like, That's a Brock comment. <laughs> yeah. Anyone on the page, if there's anything that blows up into a thousand comments in an argument, it's always Brock. It's yeah. not me. It's oh. top star. I applaud him. He gets the people talking. Yeah. Start. Give, just give the people what they want. There's burning fire. Yeah. Part of design. All I said was he... Uh, it was a try. It wasn't a try. It was a try. He milked it. He a few crazy comments. He overran him. A bloke on Twitter was telling me that... He was trying to trying to tell me that the inter- I was wrong. The rules... The rule, the rule is though. the rule. And then, it, and then I said to him, well, interpretation's wrong. He said, yeah, the interpretation's wrong. So well, that that is the rule. That is the rule. That's what they. That's what Warren Smith and I that's were touching what's, on that's what's wrong. So why the ref said it's no try, but they said that the interpretation's wrong. So they're wrong. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's just put this way, and I've said this before, you've got to be held accountable sometimes, you have to have common sense. He blew it, he overran him, he yeah, fell over. Devsic gave it no try on the field. Yeah, he's an idiot. How about him last night, actually? Oh, every, every Best, night. best of the round. He blew three tries before he went to video ref. I was blown away. Oh. Usually he sends every... Did he really? He blew three in a row. It felt like... Uh... I almost fell off the couch. Dad looked at me after the first one and said, what's wrong with you? I go, he blew a try. Yeah, Jesus. He stared at it, and I was like, oh, here we go. And then he went, boo! I thought, oh, my God, he blew a try. Oh, manly gone. That's my simple one. It's bad. It's looks, really bad. It looks like it. Yeah, and the only little flash in the pan was Draboy. And we're a quarter of the way through the season. Exactly a quarter of the way through. 24 games, we're six in, so we're a quarter of the way through. And you can say goodbye to Cherry, most likely. Foran doesn't look like he's throwing his body in. Uh, if they lose Sonny Flo, he's been one of the only good ones kind of off the bench, and Tom Draboyevich might be hurt it too now. Mm. So it's getting ugly. Yeah, and all yeah. those older blokes, like I said, that are left over, they're, it's, they're the same as the kind of Melbourne blokes now. You see Billy Hurt. Kronk's playing busted. Uh, Stewart's at that point. Maddow's at that point. Lyon. It's hard to stay healthy at the back end, too. Yeah. So, you know, it's all hurting. It's really, really hurting. Um, can the Dragons maintain? They've been really good. Uh, yeah, I want to see them play uh, top four. This side. week's going to be great. They're in the Broncos. I never thought I'd say yeah. I'd be excited about that um, game this year, but I am. Then I think they play New Zealand and maybe the Roosters, something like that. Oh, they've got the Roosters on Anzac Day. That's uh, going to be tough. Uh, that will be awesome. Well, um, we might as well jump straight into it. Uh, Friday, speaking of the Broncos, 22 to 18 of the Roosters. It was a great game. It was a cracker. It was a game of the round. We're Hargroves versus Thido. Loved it. Uh, apparently, they were saying on the field that they were pretty much saying, like, they were laughing, saying they can't punch each other. So why are they bothered doing what they're yeah. doing? They, they, they just wanted to crack. They should have just come to a gentleman's agreement, stood at 10 paces, and started knuckling on and going for so 10 We're please. both going for 10. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just knuckle. Everyone on. else stay out. Let's yeah. just go mono mono here. Everyone else just form a ring. Yeah, ice hockey. Unbreakable ring. Ice hockey style where the ref let them punch themselves to their tie, then they come just over. Just the refs out. Unbreakable ring. Yeah, they should do it doing ice hockey. I love that. They let them fight until they're too tired, and then the refs go, all right, you go for two minutes in that penalty box, and you go for two minutes in that one. They pick their sticks and their gear up, and they get off like, yep, no worries. Yeah. Uh, mate, Broncos, just, oh, I, I can't believe it. Round, round one, I, I was completely death riding. I wasn't a big fan of much 
I thought uh, they needed a bit of a rebuild, but he, he certainly lit some fires. He's got Fido going. He's put Glenn on notice. Uh, Reed's on notice. Maranta, I thought, was solid, but I didn't think he'd be as good as what he has been. Carhu, I thought, was done after all the injuries, even though he's you know obviously missed the last couple of games. But yeah. he's definitely... Pulled, it up. pulled out the old uh, man-motivated tag, as we say, not the coaching, but the men and the mental side of things, and, and done a bit of a number. And um, I'd hate to say it because I don't really like wrapping up Darius Boyd, but I think he's one of the best ball-playing fullbacks. I think they can only get better. Yeah, they are. They when all the elements come together, definitely. So, fifty-seven uh, percent of the pill, the Broncos. Yeah, that's why I, I could not believe the Roosters even competed in that game. I have to say that, and you'll probably agree with me, I'm a foot-on-the-throat kind of guy. I hate the penalty goals. I know it got them to Golden Point, and they did enough, but with all the ball, they had the Roosters tied and on the rack there. I thought they really could have gone for the jug and tried to do a number on them. Yeah, it's a way better thing. I know he's not confident in the it's halves way, probably right it's now. It's a way better thing. Yeah. He, I, I, but he, I, I he went used to a to... conference with him a few years ago, and he was... He was sort of saying that I think it's a um, uh, Massey, a Ron, is it Ron Massey that was his mate? Maybe. Mate. I'm not yeah. too sure. I wasn't born. That he was always saying that, um, you know, you never take points off the board and, and yeah. penalty goals down there are as good as points on the board. I just think negative. Like, I think maybe back then it was I remember two points was bigger. He had Lockie, Alfie, all these guys. Tell us that. We're probably talking different, uh, different. late 80s, early 90s. They like, used to jug everyone, but they had a gun side. Two points is. Uh, yeah, but two points was. A lot bigger of a of a deal than it is now. To yeah. be honest, like teams don't have that same defensive mindset as what they once did, or, or the points are more easy to come by. Mm. Fields are better, balls better. Everything is conducive to more points. So well, the other thing, the thing that I like is he, they do it consistently. They don't sort of like you saw, you saw the they sharks. Took all of them. The sharks went from in that one game. Yeah. I think it was a Titans game. They, they took, took it. the two, then they didn't, and, and then, then they, they did. did. Yeah. It's like no, you're either going to be all in on yeah. it, or you. you you know, you're either, you're like, like the Dragons were back in the day. Defensively, we yeah. hold our own. We take every little point we get. We beat that's you 16-10 right. or 16-4. Yeah. And I tell you what, like we said, probably still not as confident in the halves yet, not with Boyd there, that he's got uh, you know as much confidence in that structure. But it's all building nicely. But the biggest thing is the physicality. A lot of people touched on it, and I agree, the last few weeks. They're not doing the old catch and cut and grass and slow it down. They're trying to whack blokes. Yeah. They're sticking their shoulders in the first contact's been quite But heavy. I think I think he's a, he's a pioneer, Bennett. He knows that that's the way the game's going to go. The game's it's gonna speeding go up back, again. The game's going to go back to not the wrestle. It's going to go back to can you put a bloke on his back? Well, again, you want another good player insight. The first thing they've said on the weekend, six games in a few of the boys, Jared and Vaughn and all that, is how ridiculously fast it is now and that being third man's getting harder. Yeah. Because you have to Can't retreat be. and the play the ball's too quick. So exactly yeah. what you've touched on is why Benny's probably going back to uh, let's get yeah. physical. We're not like I said to you, no one's going to come in third man if it keeps going this way with the interchange as well. Yeah, and I, yeah, coaches are going to adapt to it, but yeah, well, I think you've got to, you've got to go back to the extra ball particularly killed them because it was uh, error penalty combination. It was ten extra sets they gave to the Broncos. So uh, the yeah. Roosters, you know, they hung in there. I thought Friend was really good first game back, yeah. and I thought Sheck was outstanding yeah. again. So. Uh, things are building nicely for the Broncos. They've got the Dragons this week. Cracker of a game. Really looking forward to it. And Rooster Storm. That's another great game. Yeah, it's always a good game. Um, yeah, that's outstanding. But down there in Melbourne... Going back to even when they were accepted into the comp. Mm. Every Rooster Storm game, it's always, it's always a rivalry. Because, I guess, through there, you look at the timeline of, particularly the Storm, either them or the Roosters have been at the top of the table and they always give each other a good crack. Yeah, well, Sharks, Knights, you weren't a big fan of this game. I think the simplest way to sum this up is the Sharks did exactly what I said the other week, and they do. They got in the grind again. They made barely any errors. They strangled them. They bashed their forwards. None of them made over 100 metres again. They walked the forward pack. The halves were completely and utterly nullified, and they had 60% of the ball because they just strangled you. That's what they do so well. 
That this is them. Yeah. They can honestly make the eight. Like the other year, like I said, you can back them to make the eight if their forwards just do this. I don't think they can make the eight. Uh, well, now that both the feeders are going to be out, that kind of hurts because no, they're both really good. I just don't think that that type of game is going to be conducive to making the eight. Well, it's definitely going to. I think that sprinkled in with upset some sides. Holmes and Bird directing him, and I think also you know that's taken a bit of burden off Wade Graham, who was you know relied upon very heavily at the start of the year to ball play. He, he's gone back to playing straight and hard like he should. Yeah, uh, I like the balance. They've got a lot more better now. I'm with you. I don't know if they can make the eight, but uh, I feel a little more justified about why I didn't put Newcastle in the at the start of the year. We're starting to see the holes kind of appear. They had four in a row, which is all well and good, um, but the halves completely out of it. They were a little bit light on uh, in the forwards. They got beaten up a little bit. Um, some errors from their backs as well, showing that you can't win games purely off your back five, making 100-plus metres each. Yeah, well, they've played two games in the wet and haven't handled it. Nah, Simple as 54 that. possessions inside the 20 last week, zero points, and the other night they were just, yeah, they never looked like scoring, to be honest. You're going to see teams get a little runs and uh, both ways, wins and losses. So Yeah, well, Mullins under an injury cloud now, uh, injury cloud now so that's not really good. Um, and, yeah, their, their halves kind of battled the other night. Um, they need to get back to winning ways, though, that's for sure. On this week, they've got to play Parramatta up there. Uh, that, that's one again that I, generally I'd tip them going back to Newcastle much the same as I was going to tip Para at Para well, Para can't win away from home um, I'd be flipping the coin on this one but I'm with you Newcastle at home I'm going to lean towards them but the way this comp's been so far it wouldn't surprise me yeah. if it did go the other way Sharkies uh, big test they're at home against South Sydney but South Sydney are a little bit vulnerable right now I'm kind of disappointed both the Fafitas are going to be out because I think have them in there and this turns into another ugly dog fight um, I thought they could have really put a, a strangle on and tried to bash the Souths up yeah, I still think that's what they're going to try. Oh, they're going to obviously try it, but I think losing those two really does hurt the bench, or just in general, their strength is solid. Fafita made 230-plus, and his brother's been really good this year. Yeah. So, see what happens there. But uh, Eels-Titans, I missed this one because I was commentating the New South Wales Cup, but I watched uh, a replay a bit fast, and I was listening to it on the radio. By the sounds of it, it was just all Titans. Half-time, yeah. up until half-time, it was... A bit back and forth. I know Paris stole the lead, but second half just sounded Paramount like it was all Gold Coast. The, uh, Paramount had the better of the first half. Mm. Probably didn't cash in on their chances. But Paramount, again, they just make errors early in the tackle count. They push the envelope. Uh, they give away penalties at crucial times. It's just, And then the Titans were just good enough to take advantage of it. The, mm. You know, The week before against the Broncos, the Titans had enough chances to you know, put as many points on the Eels as what they... Uh, could have the Broncos, but they just didn't execute. Whereas this week they did. Like uh, James Roberts took two intercept sure. tries as well. So. What about that? What about the one he set up and the one he scored? That yeah, cross the one he scored was ridiculous. That's speed and power combined. He dragged the bloke basically fifteen meters on his back over the trial and just he's come with me. Oh, but he's strong too. Yeah. He's a very. I think he he deserves a city jersey if anyone deserves one. Well, Freddie, uh, Freddie said it on the Sunday footy show. He's, he's a city boy. Mate, if Michael Leisha gets one after a couple of games on the bench last year, or Jack Bird's getting thrown up ready for a couple, like if you want to talk about people getting chucked up, yeah. James Roberts is more than entitled to be getting a jersey at this point. Yeah, of course. He's been absolutely brilliant. But uh, I thought Caesar um, was pretty solid considering the circumstances of just signing a new deal. He frustrated me on Saturday. Maybe frustrated because he's left. Yeah, probably. I'm you, off him. you got a bit of hate now because yeah, he's, he's already wearing a different jersey in your I'm, eyes. I'm off him. I thought Bird and even Taylor. Dave had a crack, which is a bit... Even Zillman. Zillman had his best game in a long Bird time. Bird comes out and says, yeah, you know, I'm ready for an Aussie jersey. Like, mate, can you just play good for us for a few weeks? <laughs> I told you. Him and Nate Miles only care about rep jerseys. They're not yeah. worried about you. And Nate Miles come out yesterday. They're saying uh, there's been talk they want to extend him for multiple years. He's saying they didn't want to take the one-year option, didn't acknowledge the multiple-year deal either. So he might be on the air. I don't know. 
Neil Henry might have had some kind of sway finally and said, look, let's just not get rid of him. So, I'm, with you, I'm with you, Neil. I'm liking what Neil's doing up there. <laughs> I have to give credit to Corey Norman. I thought he was close to their best again. Yeah, he was. And again, I, I said this earlier. To... He just, but you watched the try when Dave. Yeah, I saw it. He moved out of the way. He did move I'm out sorry, of the way. Sorry, Corey. I would too, though. Jesus. I would have jumped in front of his feet and just tried to do Henry and try to Defensively, he's awful. Offensively, he's almost their best player. Yeah, 100%. That's as. That's as uh, Succinctly as I could sum it up. Twenty six points they can see. That's why I don't want him going to the fullback. Goes to fullback, he doesn't have to tackle. Yeah, but I still don't think he's as safe as probably Hopperwadi back there. But you know, Hopperwadi's a lot better defensively. I I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but he's in the centres. But uh, they conceded twenty six second half points to Zorch. That's pretty ordinary. They need to fix up. They're going to Newcastle this week, as we said. The Titans versus the Pennies, and at home with a few players down. You know yeah, what? It's oh, a bit different now, isn't it? Like, I'm not going to not going to chuck it straight out there. If they play anything like that, there could be an upset. Well, you can't really call it an upset with the, the troops missing. I'm no. guessing, but I reckon they're on pretty level terms at the moment. Important game for Penrith. Very important game. The Titans have, uh, you know, they'll be wanting revenge too after that 40 nil tail up. And the 40 nil wasn't. Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't a reflection of that game. No, it was at tight all. for the first twenty. That's for sure. Titans so, had two tries that should have been tries. They should be, they should be more than confident. But the Warriors versus the Tigers, thirty-two twenty-two. Manu's two hundredth grabbed a double, had a, had a field day. Oh, this is a good game. Entertaining game. They still kill me though. That one period where they switched it on and they just absolutely blitzed them yeah. for ten minutes. Uh, and you look at there's one thing that killed me though. Again, I saw this. I watched the whole replay, but when I was driving the camera, listening to the radio. Two Kiwi commentators being biased towards Sean Johnson going, oh, he just... I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that Townsend's getting so much ball and that Johnson's getting none. I'm like, how many bloody calls for him? He's a golden boot player. Yeah. You're talking like it's Townsend's fault. Townsend's having a crack. Townsend's being close to your best player. It's not his fault Sean Johnson's doing nothing. He's Australian. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. But I was just like, are you kidding? Did you really just make that comment like it's the whole reason they're struggling is because Sean doesn't get the ball? Of course it is, but guess whose fault that is? That's Sean's fault. Yeah. That's not Chad's fault. Well, it is. Chad's having a debt. Like, he grabbed the ball, played straight, bang, went straight on the post, scored one of the easiest tries you've ever seen. But he's kicking well and he's playing direct. Sean Johnson, the few touches he did have, was outstanding. But again, how often does he touch the footy? Yeah. Well, look. that's why I think it's good to have someone like uh, Townsend there. So the touches he does have are quality. He still needs to find the ball more, though. Yeah. In in dire times when you need him, he's not there. And he shouldn't have won the golden boot. I'm sick of bringing it up. I'm going to keep bringing it up, all right? <laughs> Everyone is on that. he on? Is uh, Johnson's on Hurrell's edge, isn't he? Oh. I think I'm pretty sure he is because I just feel as though Hurrell's not getting a lot of ball. Nah, well, on the weekend, the one time he got the ball, <laughs> yeah. he skittled everyone. That's what I'm saying. Try it. I think you know, you unlock, unlock hey, Lola Johnson, hair. You unlock Lola hair's been better than Tompkins. I'm just throwing that out there too. Tompkins has been a flop, and I know he's leaving, but dead set. <laughs> oh, here he goes, mate. It's the here truth. Lola hair's come in. He's a baby. He's never played fullback. He's been good. Oh, right, look, I think. Uh, Tompkins is a steady first grader. He's definitely not Billy Slater, like he says he is. Yeah, Tops. <laughs> it's about time you acknowledge that. Oh, I did. <laughs> I always have. I, I was happy. Know, was I was happy. That, I watched uh, Matty John's big weekend yesterday that I missed it, and Brandy said I wouldn't even have him in the middle. I was like, yeah, somebody's just kicking him. He's not top five. He's probably somewhere well, he down. He came over here and he talked like, himself up big time. He talked plenty and he did yeah. nothing. Yeah, I think he's a steady first grader. Yeah. You'd probably take him over a handful of fullbacks in the comp, but you definitely wouldn't. You wouldn't pay him eight hundred. Yeah, well, they let him back into well, the game. The well, that's the gamble they took. The Warriors. Yeah, they let him back into the game. Uh, the Tigers, they were kind of there. Uh, I'll give one thing. At least Jason Taylor's one of the first coaches I didn't see whinge about decisions that the media brought up straight away. And he said, "You're trying to make something out of nothing." We lost. Simple as that. And I was yeah. like, "Top." Well, he, he probably had a right to blow up because I think Martin's leg was out on mm. one of those tries. Yeah, well, <laughs> just saying. New Zealand in New Zealand, he's two hundredth game. Nah, nope. 
given that one. And Taylor's right. Like, they had their opportunities to win. He's right again, though. They, every week they look for someone to give them something to feed off. Of course they do. And he sells papers. He just sat there and he's like, nah, you don't get nothing. I'm like, yeah, good one, JT. He's, right he's learnt from the far logo incident. <laughs> and he knows the right way to handle those situations. Poor now. Old Dave. Go, go, go the positive, not His the negative. still hurting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. I have to say, uh, Tim Simona, now that are actually giving him some ball, has been really impressive. Oh, every yeah. time he got you it. You don't have a hurl. Mate, he ran. He ran every time him. he gets the ball, he embarrasses people. I'm like, yeah. um, hello, start to give him more of a ball. Uh, yeah. Aaron Woods has been their best player. I'm coaching his brother at the moment, actually, out at Windsor. Uh, yeah, Paul. Paul Simona, yeah. So. Former Australian schoolboy. Pretty big unit, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He are right. But, um, yeah, just give him some good more to ball. see Tim get the ball early. He needed, like, that's what I thought. He's been off there. the nine. Zing, zing, straight to him. He just went, as if Harold, sorry, champ. And it's not even the speed. He's an absolute yeah. beast. He stuck his left yeah. hand out and knocked three blokes over. So, besides Woods, I think he's been pretty good. Yep. Um, yeah, they've got a little bit to work on, but they get the Raiders this week at home, missing a few players. So, that's a good situation. They usually fire up at Leichhardt. Yeah. Uh, I can kind of feel uh, maybe a big win, but just maybe a bit more convincing at Leichhardt, the spiritual home. And I'm pretty sure it's a day game, I think, which is always conducive for them. Mm. I'm hoping it's a day game. I'm not too sure. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. What so, is it this week? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to have a look at that for a sec, try and see if you can find that. And, uh, the Warriors, they're heading up to North Queensland to play the Cowboys. Wow. So that should be a good game. <laughs> they're going to get their backsides handed to him. Oh, he's gone. He's just knifed the Warriors. Yeah, they can't They can't win away from home. They can't win away from home. I reckon this would be a good game. I don't know what it is. North Queensland's a little bit closer to New Zealand, bro. Across the Dutch. So I, I don't know. I, I just get a feeling. Uh, if you want to talk about forward packs, I think Martellino, Hoffman, Mannering, I reckon they can uh, put up a decent fight against the Cows packs. Yeah. This Sunday, 2 o'clock, why can't they? Yes! Daytime. That's what you want. Yeah, that's tops. That's that loose. Is. Get loose. I want to see rubber burning. Uh, we move on to Penrith Manly. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about this game. 22-12. Both absolutely injury play. Like we said, Idris is now out for the season. Taylor, like you said, he, he might be clear, but Trebojevic, Stewart pulled out. Lafayette got hurt. It was 6-6. Um, you know, 8-6 at half time. It wasn't a brilliant game, but how about the Peachy magic? I thought Peach was going to go the whole way on that run. Yeah, I, I was on the couch absolutely losing my mind, but Second half, they straightened things up. They got stuck into them. Um, you know, they played direct. They played hard. They played fast. The halves got involved a little bit more. Coruscant finally ran the football. Um, that try that he got off that Manu pass and that little bit of ad lib there was brilliant. But, yeah, there was just a 10-minute period there in the second half where things broke open and Penrith took advantage. And uh, Manly, a team low on confidence. Nothing's going their way. They've got plenty of injuries. It's just it's not looking good at all. It's very, very grim. Well. Amen. And the other flip side of it, Cherry Evans shredding the fans last week. I can't blame him for being a bit angry, but he hasn't great. And uh, for the first time in my life, I've got to question Foran's commitment. He's not. Uh, he's not throwing I, himself I don't think in he's, there. I, don't think he's, uh, fit. I know we've been saying that, but I still don't think he's all oh, their head wise either. Like I know he's gone and things are looking pretty bad. I think he's more like, yeah, good riddance. Sooner I'm out of here, the better. Well, you're right. That's, well, they both look like that. Him and Cherry Evans both oh, look like I still that. like when he fired up last week. You call yourselves fans. You got angry. Like, yeah, good. Yeah, but now they know they're under his skin. He like they know that they're under his skin, so they're, they're going to go harder. They should have shot the double bird every home game as he's walking off. See how many cans he can get thrown at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I, I really don't know what to say. This week they're talking. They're at the point now where Bureau might have to push out to the centres. Um, I watched their twenties play. I know you guys played them on the weekend. Even looking the other week, and I messaged and said this to you: the twenties is not what it was because all the good kids go to cup now anyway. 
I've watched uh, I've watched a few twenties yeah. games this year. Some of the better sides. The only side or two to me that seem to have some players still there that potentially are NRL players to me is the Newcastle side's got some kids because their cup side's pretty heavy, uh, top heavy, and the Broncos side because they kept most of their grand final side last year. Mm. And same deal, they're pretty top heavy. But a lot of the other teams, they're not there anymore. They go to cup instead. So that there's not a lot of, um, you know, these guys that are part of top squad or these dudes that have had the debuts playing first grade back in 20s. There's not many at all. No, there's not. Um, I had a look yesterday. The Warriors team we played had 10 guys move on to NRL. We had 10 in our side. The South side that beat us had eight. That's just not, that's not even close to that anymore. No. They're not. They're, the 20s comp. Well, it's that argument that, uh, you know, players are better progressing. Yeah, against men. But that's what I'm saying. The, the whole, whole 20s you know. comp standard is just... To well, me. Perth were one of the first to do it. We were one of the first to do it mm. about two years ago. But, but you agree or not? I think the standard of the whole comp, though, is, is much lower. I don't lower. know, because I haven't had a lot to do with it previously. Well, you know, I've watched a lot I, of it. Yeah, I've, well, you'd know better than me. Look, look, I, and even the first couple of years, the amount of NRL-quality players, obviously, because obviously at the start of the year it was promoted as that the 20s was yeah. the, the wave of the future, I think they did realise, obviously, a couple of years in, like you said, Penrith in particular... Yeah. That the better so way to go because yeah. they were going up, they were good, but they weren't ready for men. I think now they've kind of stripped out that top end, yeah. and these guys in the twenties—I'm not knocking all of them, but most of them, to be honest, aren't going to play great football. No, there, there's plenty in there. I'm looking at and going, "There's no, you're not playing that right." Gus, you're Gus, that right. Uh, Gus always runs out the speech at the start of the year that you know and sits in and says, "Look." The reason why we're so big on education and your job and well, your welfare is I because, to, realistically, out of the 30 or 40 of you guys sitting here, probably only three or four are going to play first grade. Our rookie camp, there was 500 in the room, and they said there'll be 20 or 30 that'll play first grade. Unless you've got a side like our NYC side from two years ago, who well, we've now had, well, we haven't, we've had five or six out of yeah, that now. But I've and been, you're probably not going to get many more. Look at the team that I played in, and even again, there's 10 that have played first grade. There's not many that are stuck solid. Or that are established, you know. Yeah. Vaughan, he's well entrenched now, but it took him a couple of years to get in, so he's three years in. Uh, Sammy Williams has been up and down. McKillrick's been up and down. Uh, they've been in out. Sammy Salim has moved clubs. Kiwi's moved. Like, there's, like, out of that group, like they said, yeah. the average is about 26 games or something. There's not many that break the 100-game mark or get that much further. Ten have played first grade, but there's no real outstanding superstar that's sitting there in front of us right now. Josh Papali is probably the only one out of the group there that's played rep football. Besides Vaughnie playing City and Jackie Whiten, but that's probably the only one who's had that, all those other extras come so far playing for Australia and playing for Queensland. So, yeah, it's a way to look at it. It's, it's a harsh reality, but it's the truth. So, uh, yeah, Penrith versus the Titans. I think that's a really good game considering they're, they're both pretty injury flawed. I really enjoyed watching Waka Blake and some of these kids, and same deal with the Titans. You know, Mosley's getting better, James Roberts, all these guys. I, I really think that'll be a good game, especially what happened a few weeks ago. Men and the Dogs, two powerhouses that are, are fairly weakened at this point in time. Again, I think there'll be plenty of spite, though, just given Desi, Manly, and the general situation. I know they're both hurting, but I still think there'll be plenty of anger in this game. Yeah, there will be. So I'm looking forward to watching that one, and hopefully it delivers. The Raiders versus the Storm. I was there in the miserably cold rain, 14-10. Uh, I thought the Storm had some chances in the first 10-15, but then Canberra, I thought they controlled pretty much the rest of the first half. Well, they did. Yeah, um, I thought Canberra were unlucky to lose this game. Oh, they, just, they just couldn't post enough points. Going through everything, at the end of the day, uh, I thought the biggest difference was the last 15 minutes. When the game was in the balance and Melbourne got that second try and took the lead, when it came to we need to get points, we need to get out of our own end, Canberra looked very flat and tight. Yeah. Uh, they were struggling to get out. They had one outs. They had no quick play balls. The halves couldn't create anything. Melbourne, on the other hand, were marching 65-70, kicking the ball in the touch, just absolutely strangling them to death and 
Um, they had one little moment there that almost burned them, and I think Ricky Stewart touched on it. If that's Jared Croker, not Sam Williams taking that intercept, uh, he's probably smiling. But unfortunately, Sammy didn't have the legs. Uh, they didn't create anything off the back of that. But, yeah, I thought Melbourne that last 15 minutes just strangled them to death. Yeah, they were perfect. They, they, were, they plugged away Melbourne. They were patient, and eventually they got the result. But the, the biggest thing to come out, like I said, I'm really impressed. Munster got his first game in a hard situation where the Cowboys bashed us last year with that rep players. And then he come in. He set away a whole year, and to me, he, he looked like an NRL player. That wasn't a kid's game or a few moments. He was more than adequate uh, adequate to play NRL. Yeah. I thought Barb Bromwich, I thought he was our best player. Yeah, I and agree. Um, Yeah, all around. Blake Graham is good again. Smith's looking better, 57 tackles and trades and like. I'm worried about Kronk. He got needle apparently the other week. Yeah. Uh, a few of the boys, when they were out there, said that when he got that down those two times, they strapped a big pat on him. So he's only a couple of games in after no preseason. He's already hurting. Yeah. So that's, that's not a good thing for Melbourne. And Billy, like I said, is fresh back, and he's already got a problem too. So uh, I'm more impressed that they got the win under that kind of adversity with that spine kind of dismantled. I think it shows, like we said, the top end of those kids that have developed, especially those Kiwi boys in the forward pack, has lifted the side up. Man's lifted the side. Marika's lifted the side. Everyone's a little bit stronger uh, around that collective three to make the you know the team a more stable unit. Yeah, definitely. Whereas before, you just would have looked, and if they play bad, you just go, oh, the big throw. So, yeah, I'm quite impressed on that side of things. But Canberra, losing Fensum, uh, possibly. Hopefully we'll get some news today. And Hodgson, that's going to hurt. Um, you know, Til- Tilsey's moving on as well, well, so they're already getting shorter in the front row stakes. Joel Edwards, Dave Shillington injured. So there's some first graders there for the forward pack they could do with it right now, regardless of whether, um, you know, you're a fan of them or not. But, yeah, they're kind of hurting in the depth stakes. That's for sure. They are. I thought Blake Austin tried very hard again. Vaughan, he was good. thought Jared Kennedy was good. But, um, yeah, that last 15 minutes was the difference. Melbourne grind them in the ground. Just absolutely strangled them. Yeah, it was a good game. It was a weird game, but... I sort of I thought like Cameron might get away with it in the end, but I, I had the feeling the whole time standing there that they were going to win. I really yeah. did. I, I thought Melbourne there was no way, but that last fifteen was just clinical. Mm. I was very impressed. They just kept marching downfield right in front of where I was sitting and kicking out, and I was just smiling, going, "Yep, yeah, this is uh, this right now. They've got this well in control." But uh, Raiders versus the Tigers, like we said, very conducive. For, hopefully, no rain, dry weather, like uh, that should be turbo. I've commentated Cup there the last few weeks. It looks fantastic. In, uh, bathed in sunshine, so hopefully that'll be a great game of football. Storm Roosters, what do you say? That should be a cracker. It usually is, so looking forward to that one. The Dragons and the Bulldogs, an absolute bloodbath. Uh, missing plenty of troops, but I'm not going to take anything away from the Dragons because their attitude uh, was exactly how you'd expect a, a, a team to be, like we said before. They are a team. They've won four in a row. They've got the best defense in the competition. They stopped five tries, and one of them at the end there, when they're up by 30, they could have very easily just, you know, lagged a bit and let it go in, but they, they refused to let the Bulldogs take points for cheap. Yeah. Um, well, they stopped, they, you know, they stopped at least two or three tries. So, uh, probably the biggest sign, they had less ball and less yeah. green zone opportunities, and every time they got there, they scored. They converted yeah. points, so... Well, more often than not, when you stop one, you score one. Mm. Uh, and that was reflective in this game, that's for sure. Benji, we the clock. Halves were good in general. I uh, thought Frizzell was close to the best up until that point. He clocked Brown, unfortunately, and um, he went a bit quiet after that. But he was very remorseful, there's no doubt about that. He, he didn't mean the intention to hurt him. I heard him on the radio after saying he wanted to go straight in there and uh, go see him and apologise. And um, It was an unfortunate moment, but I, I must admit, like I said, for... Their future, we don't know about Save Our Saints and the cap and the financial situation, but they are a team. I don't know what McGregor's done or if someone in the group's taking control, but they are literally, they're, they're one of these sides. They're not the flashy side, but they're playing for each other. And it shows, because we all know defence is an attitude. Defence wins your games. Right now, there's there's no better side as far as line speed, 
uh, contact, aggressive, just everything that you look for, the small details in defence, I think they're number one. Yeah. So, yeah, they've, they've come together. Oh, I just brilliantly. want to see him test it against the side that's... Yeah, and we're, we're going to get that this time. week. And uh, it probably hurts, like we said, for Zell missing two weeks now because yeah. he's been one of their best. So, um, you know, that's not going to help them. The dogs, kicking in particular, was awful. Uh, Reynolds was awful. Hodkinson looked like he didn't want to be there. Thought Tolman, Jackson, as, as your normals, were solid. I thought Williams was solid, but they didn't give him anything decent. They were just giving the ball flat and asking him to carry it. So, yeah. um, not overly impressed. Brown might be playing this week, as you'd imagine, and uh, they're still down on most of their troops. Morris might be out as well, Josh Morris, with an ankle problem. So, yeah. uh, Them and Manly are both very light on, but I still expect plenty of spite, just given the situation, like we said. Dragons-Broncos should be a blockbuster. Two teams I didn't expect to be so high up uh, this early on, but they are, so should be a great clash. And uh, Even that little bit of feeling again, I know Bennett's moved on since then, but he went from Dragons to Broncos, and now uh, Newcastle and Latwain and then back, so there's a bit of a connection there again. Yeah. Look forward to it. But Monday wrapped up. Cowboys 18-12. Oh, no, what have I got? 18 for? Jesus, 30-12 over South. Yeah. Good win. Very good win. And um, Especially they, were under some, they had some adversity. Slow start, man. They, they got bashed up. And uh, Dave Tyrrell scored that very weak try. I always get angry when he scores, I must admit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he rolled over. Started slow. Nice and easily. But JT in the pack, uh, they picked things up. The no try, like we said. Can't believe it. Just... Yeah. Sorted out, but uh, you couldn't have summed up any better than the next status you posted. Sporting Karma. Sporting Karma jumped back in. It Sporting was. Karma. I'm 100% with you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Sporting Karma sorted out. Um, you know, they, they took control from there, I thought. They, they controlled the yardage side of things. Morgan slipped through. Cooper slipped through. JT followed up on both of those. And then later on, a uh, little toad from Mario Kart. Uh, what's his name? Bloody Granville. Slipped to the hole there with a the toad haircut. Threw the dummy and tried to outrun Inglis. I thought that was a bit of a scary moment, but he got there. Put the game to bed. So they were. They were. I, I thought South looked pretty sharp in the first ten. I thought, okay, maybe they might hold on. But I tell you, the biggest difference, and you'd probably be able to get the on there for me as well, was the kicking game. Adam Reynolds' kicking game is second to none. Yeah, definitely. In building pressure, finding grass, um, you know, repeat sets. Their, their forwards were a lot more tired than usual because that kicking game was gone. Yeah, it, it sort of it, it gives you at times. You know, the break that you need, he's good enough to find touch, he's good enough to find space. And repeat sets in particular. Even if it makes a difference of 10 to 20 metres per set in a kick, that adds up over the game. Well, they had to go set that, to go set to set for the first time in a long time. They're used to getting repeat sets and double ups and scoring from that. Yeah. That's one of the first games they ever would have gone back to back to back and at war, particularly on uh, those bigger bodies, because the Cowboys like that up tempo game. Yeah, they do. Tamalolo's a bit smaller. Uh, besides Scott, even like Tamau, Tamau's like a 60-55 minute kind of front row there. They, they have a, a lot more, a, a better pack probably conducive to playing that kind of kind of game. And uh, yeah, they killed them yeah, in the yeah. end. They, 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 I thought that was one of the best second halves I've seen from a side. Yeah. They uh, just tore them apart. Especially considering the adversity they had just before half time. Oh, big time. And the, the Coot Morgan thing starting to work as well. I know he, he got rid of Louis probably more so defensively. He wasn't happy with him, but... Uh, it's starting to come together nicely. Oh, it's working. And like we said last week, they get three kicking options because Coot can also kick the football. So yeah, um, it's probably added another de- uh, dimension, same as last year when they got Morgan in the fullback. So um, very impressed. And JT, three men of the matches in a row. South, they need Walker back. Um, you know, they need to get something back. I'm hearing the scans weren't so good. He won't be back this week. So if Walker is back, do you play him at six or do you put him in the centres? I, I think he has to go. Back to the centres. Um, people are saying he's slotting at six. I'd leave Stewart there. I think it's easy to replace a back row yeah, and put Walker. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd move Stewart. Walker. No, I, I'd, who's their next best half? 
I don't care who it is, bring him in. Honestly, I... You can't keep reshuffling a side that's... I haven't done their New South Wales Cup team this year, but I think the halfback's Nico Roberts, cousin of Tyrone, who played 20s the other year for Penrith. Just bring and he... him in. Give him at least a game. I'll tell you what I heard, though. They're in McKinnis, talks. They were talking about... No, nah, they were in talks to buy Darren Nichols from the Broncos, who's been a long-time New South Wales Cup halfback, an older bloke who's been on the traps. Yeah. So they want to bring him down. I think they. What might happened be. to the bloke that they had, the guy from Melbourne they got? That was Cody Patrick. Walker. Yeah. Well, they've done that twice. They bought Orvar and Walker from us, and both have been charged. Yeah. So they're both indefinitely suspended. So Orvar's obviously got his date for a comeback, but Walker, nothing's happened there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they we didn't play him, and then it's the same deal as Orvar. Melbourne on the sly kind of just said, no, nah, you're out. We won't deal with that. And South bought him, and uh, yeah, it's all it's all hit the fan. So, hundred percent of great replacement. But uh, yeah, not allowed to play first grade because he's uh, made a mistake. So, uh, it doesn't get any easier. Like I said, uh, you look at the Sharks; they may have lost the Vita brothers. They're going to make this ugly. They're going to fight South this week, as they do everywhere. They're going to make this very, very angry middle game, and I look forward to it. I really do. They... South are going to be looking forward to going there, especially on the back of. You know, that loss. And it's at Ramondas. Oh, of course The it prison's is. back Monday night. It took a year, but they won the game. They got a good record on Monday night. Causing yeah. upsets over big big sides at home. They the sure Sharkies. do. The old Sharkies. And uh, the Cowboys against the Warriors. I look forward to that one. Hopefully some loose football. Yeah, I think the Cowboys will win in you know, a canter. Oh, he's gone big. They can't win, they can't win away from home, the Warriors. Mm. Well, we're going to have to wait and see. But uh, that's the fast five, and that's the reviews. That's you done. Because, as we say every week, Brock and the integrity unit. Yeah. Upstanding citizen, he can't be involved with our betting with our WilliamHill.com and the tips with Mr. Gossip, but uh, he will join us next. Now it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. Unfortunately, a bit of disappointment on the Mr. Gossip front. He is in a massive work conference. So uh, he was meant to be finished, but he's not going to be finished tonight by the time we're supposed to publish. So I've absolutely robbed everyone there. So if uh, the intro music got you good, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. But I do have uh, his tips for this week. And along with our tips, I will give you the WilliamHill.com odds. As I've said before, if you were a member of SportingBet.com, it is still the same thing. It's just William Hill, who is the big banner behind Centibet, Tom Warnerhouse, and formerly SportingBet.com. So WilliamHill.com, if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure it's with William Hill. In the gossip bag, uh, there wasn't too much this week. There was a few small bits from Mr. Gossip and a few small bits we've had come across our desk here, so I'll quickly go through those. Uh, David Nofaluma. Still under contract with the Tigers, obviously had some uh, dramas with injury, but apparently not in Jason Taylor's plans. So Nofaluma at the moment is uh, exploring his options, so he may not be with the Tigers moving forward in 2016, or maybe even this year. Who knows what can happen before the Round 13 deadline. Uh, Hodkinson, we've read in the papers uh, about Trent Hodkinson, and apparently uh, he's up for $750,000, $800,000, and talking to Manly, has said he'll take less to stay with the Bulldogs. But as much as all that talk's there, uh, we're hearing it's down between those two clubs pretty much, and he's still talking with Manly uh, as much there is word that the dogs are where he wants to be and he wants to stay for less money. So no real clear signs yet of which one he's leaning towards, but they haven't cut negotiations with Manly, that's for sure, and they're obviously offering a lot more money now. They have neither of their halves in foreign and Cherry Evans going forward next year. So they're going to test his limits 
and uh, obviously test the dog's resolve as well as to what they're willing to negotiate. Maloney at the Roosters, we heard he was Gornski's once Sheck was supposed to be re-signed, but little did they know until Trent Robertson did a video review with Roger Tuivasa Sheck, and they talked about his future, um, that he said, oh, you don't know, uh, I've signed with the Warriors. So um, his manager obviously didn't want to get into a bidding war. They're adamant they're going home. They've got double the money. They're moving back to New Zealand. Um, word is they're going to try and fight to keep Roger Tuivasa Sheck. But uh, by the looks of the situation, with the manager not engaging in a bidding war, it looks like they were adamant they were going to New Zealand. But with that now happening, Maloney has now been tabled an offer. Um, his manager's come out and said the offer's reasonable, but it's not quite what they're looking for yet. Um, you can imagine that probably Manly will jump in on board of that because they desperately need a half. So uh, yet, yet to be seen what's going to happen with James Maloney. Uh, apparently he does want to stay with the Roosters. Uh, there's an offer tabled, but we'll have to see how that works out money-wise now after the Roosters' plans to move Sheck to six in the future and move Latrell Mitchell in kind of hit the skids. But a bit of a loose one. Uh, I wouldn't take this with a grain of salt. There has been some noise that the Roosters are sniffing around Carney. Uh, you'd think, surely, that there's no way they'd pick him up again after they've got rid of him. Um, and again, you know, maybe they get him on the cheaper, but next year he turns 30. He's had that bad hamstring for a couple of years. He's broken his ribs over there. A lot of drama surrounding him. So that one's been heard a little bit, but um, yeah, personally, I wouldn't read too much into that one. Uh, another one, it's a bit out on the edge. I'm not surprised given their financial situation, but the word is Benji, uh, Benji Marshall, after they signed him for a lot more than they needed to, last year is being shopped around on the quiet by the Dragons because they're still under quite a financial strain with their uh, uh, financial issues. So he's just started to play some decent football, but going forward, he's on about five, 600K. So they're looking at him as somebody long-term that's you know not going to be there and they've tied a lot of money up in him. So they're really feeling the pinch money-wise. And Widop, I'm sure we've all read there, the Super League clubs are hunting after him. That is true. The money is huge. He is keen to go home at some point. Um, but even if he did want to go home right now, there's no way the Dragons are going to let him go. So you can pretty much hose that one down straight away. But that's pretty much all we've got really on the gossip front um, for this week. And going straight into the tips and the odds we've got here, the first game, it kicks off at ANZ Stadium. It's the Dogs versus Manly, both depleted player-wise, but it looks like the Bulldogs still holding uh, you know, a little more credibility in their lineup. Manly get back Jamie Lyon, but Travojevic is out. Hassan comes onto the bench. They're still lacking, really, in the forwards. So uh, on that alone, man, gossip. We've both got the dogs here to win that game over Manly. With WilliamHill.com, the odds, Canterbury. Uh, they're $1.80 favourites. Manly outsiders at $2. The line is minus one and a half. Um, even with the, the little slight disadvantage there, I can't see that Canterbury putting on a big score. So one to 12 $3.45. I don't mind that odds, uh, those odds right there. Uh, the second Friday game, it should be an absolute cracker. Win, Jubilee, Oval. It's the St. George Illawarra Dragons, the best defensive side in the comp, versus the Brisbane Broncos, who have now won five in a row and four in a row for the Dragons. So um, we're in for a real treat, hopefully, in this game. Uh, I've leant towards the Broncos. So is Gossip. They get Hodges back. They've been ticking along nicely. I absolutely love the defense of the Dragons, and things have been clicking. Um, but Tyson Frizzell being out, I think he's been one of their better players, so that kind of hurts. Their, their ability on that edge. And I think the Broncos have been as good defensively uh, as the Dragons, and I think they might be able to nullify them. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. Gossip's gone the Broncos. And the odds, $2.22 at home are the Dragons. they got a good record at home. So if you like the Dragons, there's, there's some good odds for you there. The Brisbane Broncos, $1.67 favourites. The line 
minus two and a half. Again, I think this one, either way, uh, the one to 12 market looks good. $3.90 for the Dragons, $3.20 for the Broncos. But Saturday kicks off with the Titans versus the Panthers, uh, the rematch very early on. Um, we've got Seabus Stadium up there. The Titans coming off a great win over Parramatta. James Roberts absolutely in scorching form versus the Panthers. Jamal just now out for the season. Taylor apparently cleared to play, but they're hurting with injuries. Robert Jennings is going to make his debut. So you've seen Waka Blake, you've seen George, you've got Dallin, all these young kids. Uh, Robert Jennings, very, very highly rated out of the three Jennings brothers. He's the youngest, supposedly the fastest, and just as strong as George. So keep your eyes on him. Uh, Gossip's gone for the Titans, and I can't blame him. They owed Penrith after that towel up a couple of weeks ago. They played very well last week. Uh, I don't know why I'm tipping the Panthers, but uh, just something about when kids debut and last week they fought their way to a win. Uh, I, I don't know. I just can't trust the Gold Coast yet. They've been tough in every single game, and they probably should win at home. I think I'm stupid for tipping Penrith, but I just have some kind of inkling. So I'm going the Panthers, but... If you're with Gossip and you like the Titans at home, they're $1.87 favourites. If you're with me and you're on the pennies, they're $1.95. Uh, there's no line for this game, so that means it'll probably end up being a split market at $1.91. Uh, again, I think 1-12 to is on this one, but if I thought if I thought the Titans were going to get a win, I, I think they could get a blowout. So 13-plus might get you three seventy. Uh, if you like the 12.5, that's the one that they're offering here with a split. You get $1.25 if you like either team with a start, so... Might add a bit of value to your multis. The next Saturday game is the North Queensland Cowboys up there at 1300 Smiles Stadium versus the New Zealand Warriors. This should be a great game. Two big forward packs, great halves, exciting backs. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching this one. We've both tipped the Cowboys purely on the fact that they're home and New Zealand usually don't travel too well, but massive favourites. The North Queensland Cowboys up there at $1.34. $3.30 about the Warriors, though. I like those odds if I was a betting man. And uh, if you've got that inkling, feel free to have a go at the Warriors because the, the value is definitely there. Minus 8.5 is the line, $1.91. So, again, if you think it's going to be a close one, there's some betting value for you there. The 1-12 to 12 market, you get the North Queensland Cowboys at $3.05. Uh, $4.75 for the Warriors to come over and get the job done 1-12 to 12 up there in North Queensland. Saturday finishes off with an absolute cracker game. What a great lineup on Saturday. The Melbourne Storm versus the Sydney Roosters down there at Amy Park. The Roosters desperate to wrestle back some momentum. Jake Friend moves back into the starting lineup. Uh, you, you can be certain after watching him last week, they're going to be a better outfit for him moving back to his start position and getting some game time under his belt. Melbourne unchanged, but naming 21 players. So whether there's a couple on injury clouds or whether. Uh, they're looking to rotate. Bellamy's touched on the fact there's a few guys in Q Cup he's looking to slide in and out this year um, to keep the squad fresh and get a couple of players some game time in the NRL. Uh, with that being said, Gossip's gone the storm down in Melbourne. I can't blame him, and I'm a bad, mad man. I'm going against my own team. I can't believe it. Uh, I just I, I can't see the Roosters losing three in a row. I just There's no way in my head I can see them losing three in a row. I'd love to think that we can inflict that pain on them, and either way, I'm a winner here because if Melbourne win, uh, it's my team. So good times, but I'm going to have to back the Roosters. This one is a split market also. The bookies can't split them. $1.91 apiece for Melbourne and the Roosters. The 1-12 to 12 market, where I think the money is again, uh, $3.50 for both sides, 1-12. to 12. And for multi-value, again, 12.5 start on either of these sides is $1.25. But Sunday... Uh, one of my favourites, Leichhardt Oval, bathed in sunshine, hopefully no rain, versus the Canberra Raiders. Heavy favourites are the West Tigers, $1.34, $3.30 for the Raiders. 
minus eight and a half the line. Uh, Hodgson and Fensum, they've both been named, but not too sure about their injury situation just yet. Tills has moved on, so if all those guys are out and Shillington, Edwards, a couple of their forwards already injured, they might be lacking a little bit uh, in the depth department there. So uh, on that, the, the Tigers haven't been great, but at Leichhardt, their spiritual home in the sunshine, I think they might throw the footy around here and get the job done. So I'm going to back them. Uh, they're, they're pretty short as well. Like I said, $1.34, but the 13-plus mark, is especially shorter than a lot of the other games. $2.30 for the West's Tigers. If you like Canberra, get the job done, in particular in the 1-12 to market, $4.75. Some good value. And the over-under, 43.5 points. Uh, I think if it's dry in the sunlight with these two teams, over 43.5 at $1.90 is some good value there. But we've both tipped the Tigers. Sunday, again, Newcastle Knights versus the Parramatta Eels, both needing to rebound big time. Newcastle, two disappointing losses in a row, but going home, heavy favourites with WilliamHill.com, $1.42. Parramatta, the outsiders at $2.90, that shocking away record, or the win ratio of something like 16%. Uh, minus 7.5 is the line if you like some value there. Uh, I'd probably be leaning towards Newcastle again here. Uh, plenty of points, though, if it is sunshine, same deal. The overs-unders market, 41.5. I'd be thinking over between these two teams, especially if Newcastle find their feet again and para play loose like they usually do, but uh, we both tip Newcastle there, and come Monday night at Ramonda Stadium, the Sharkies, who have got two from two, get the Rabbitohs, who looked a little bit shook last week, but uh, you can understand that with no Walker, no Reynolds, especially Reynolds in his uh, short kicking game, and Johnny Sutton, his jaw not quite up to scratch yet, McKinnis, Cameron McKinnis, the hooker, named 18th man, I'm getting word that he will slot in at six, and I'll push Glenn Stewart back to the back row, uh, to try something different in the half situation there. So that's yet to be seen. The Sharkies lose both for Feed Brothers, so that kind of hurts. In the meter reading department, the Sharkies $2.25 outsiders at home. Souths $1.65. Minus 3.5 is the line. Uh, I like the 1-12 to 12 market here. I think the Sharks will make this a real dogfight if they don't get the job done. So um, we've both tipped the Bunnies. Uh, I'd be leaning towards the Bunnies, like I said, that 1-12 to 12 market, $3.15, but... If Sharks make this very, very ugly, and you can guarantee they will and make it a dog fight, they're good value at $3.95 in the 1 to 12 market. So in the tips there, we've got a couple of different. Gossip's gone the Titans, I've gone the Panthers, and he's gone the Storm, I've gone the Roosters. He currently sits on 25, I'm on 22. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens this week. All those odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com, formerly known as Sporting Bet. So if you had an account with Sporting Bet, it still exists. It's just under the banner of William Hill. And remember, if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure it's with WilliamHill.com. And uh, I'm not too sure if everyone here is familiar with the AFL or not. Uh, We're obviously rugby league fanatics, but they have a promotion going where if you pick the ladder, and it closes this Friday, if you pick the ladder first through to 18th, you have a chance to win a sh- all of $100 million or a share of. So uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm no expert on the AFL, and I don't think I could pick that ladder. But for the possibility of getting a share of $100 million or winning $100 million, putting a small bet on uh, and getting yourself in the prize pool for a chance to win $100 million, that doesn't sound too bad for me. So if you want to have a crack at that promo, go to the WilliamHill.com page. Hit the pick the ladder link, uh, read all the details, and you can figure out what it takes to have a shot to pick the AFL ladder, win $100 million. But for this week, 
some good odds there, like I said, for the NRL and WilliamHill.com. Apologies about no Mr. Gossip. He'll be back next week. Hopefully uh, you all enjoyed our, my chat with uh, MG. You can catch him next week back on the Rodeo 104.9 Triple M's Grill Team. And Brock jumping in on the reviews and the Fast Five. Always good to have him around. Um, it's not the not ideal with him not being able to be involved with the whole show this year, but that's just what he has to do now that he's in his situation there at Penrith. But always great to have him on. So that wraps us up for this week. But with those betting odds I mentioned before, you must remember our other show sponsor, the NRL Profits. If you want a bit of help, they can help. If you're tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, it's time you join the NRL Profits. Over 70 units of profit in season 2014. The service includes quality betting recommendations for rugby league, including the NRL and the Super League, so you get the best of both worlds. NRL Profits has a special offer to all listeners of the fifth and last podcast, a 10% discount off the all-access profits packages. So visit nrlprofits.com forward slash fifth and last to take advantage and profit with the profits. So if you have any interest in uh, looking into that, they can maybe help you with some suggestions for bets and uh, hopefully put some money back in your wallet. Interview with MG, reviews done, Fast Five done, tips done, odds from williamhill.com. The last thing left is for you guys to enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.